This is Daniel Warren Johnson, uh, creator of Space Mullet, and you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> An official book of the month, woohoo! Is all thick and shit. <laughs> In vain. <Stankle>. Oh, <laughs> starting off with class. <laughs> well, we got well, on the off chance, Kurt, uh, you know, off chance, uh, Mr. Busek listening to this since we did shout him out. <laughs> we <laughs> we all we all held Jason's exactly. fingers as he typed. Oh no! You take the pinky. No. Hey, hey, listen, man. See, I don't know where your mind's at, but when I think of it, we're a team. We are. So when, when I win, you win. Which is why when one of us says one thing about one book and the other two disagree in its favor, we all shit on it. Oh, we're all haters. I don't understand that. Couple of haters. Well, if we go long tonight, I'm thinking that may happen. Yeah, again. That's funny. again. <laughs> Well, I don't know. There was a, a couple titles bandied there about. Were, were, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm definitely minority on one of them. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe I am. No, no, because you called out the tiebreaker, which means you already knew how he felt, meaning you were on the well, opposite side. Felt, well, we'll get to it. All right then. As saying, he called you the tiebreaker. Yeah. Yes, I'm the, I'm I, the I time breaker. I'm the minority. I break time. You I'm do. like I'm like Samaritan. You like, you like Rip Hunter and shit. Yeah. Only I'm not blonde. No. Or young. Hit <laughs> <Good> heart. <laughs> you know Hello? what I'm grateful for this episode? Talk on it. Other than talking some great comics with my best buddies, I don't have to watch my best buddies type wrestling shit for three days straight. You know what? <laughs> You know, if you if we were really your brothers, you would be happy for us. I am happy for you. I really am. But it's like it's non-ending. It just well, keeps. If, if but I would a- love it if you were like, oh man, I was, I was just having the greatest time today on this kaiju board. It was awesome. All about the vinyl, yo. We'd be like, oh, that's sick, dude. Tell us. About You're the assuming vinyl. that I have time. I have no that's time saying, for that. I know. Remember when you used to have time action. to like draw and paint and seriously do vinyl, right? If there was if there was any fear that you'd actually come into the Slack and see what we were talking about, then I'd be like, maybe we should ease up on the rest. No, of I no. monitor the stuff all the time, hmm. and I click and I see Ronda Rousey. I'm like, oh shit! Me, but you know, I see. No, I do see. I answer when you ping me. Mm-hmm. Maybe not immediately because I'm like working and stuff, but. I do. And stiff. And you know who answers you immediately? We... Oh, boy. I don't know who answers immediately. (laughs) Shit. We do, because... You're drinking already? Yes. This is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 520. 500. Our official Book of the Month Club episode, and I am looking to the sky, Vince P. Ooh. You are Vince P. I am not looking... Towards the sky, but I am still David A. Price. Super Blood Moon tonight. True. And all I freaking want to do is fly because I'm the Samaritan. Oh, why you got to be the Samaritan? He's he's sad. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you're melancholy, you know? I guess. But you're not the Samaritan. You're not us a Martin. 
or the Samaritan. You're, you're Jason Wood. You got, you got a, a beautiful wife and beautiful kids and time to spend with them. And uh, we'll get into it, though, but it's so ironic, that character. Time. He's all about time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just good writing on the part of Mr. Busick. Good conceptualizing. No That's doubt. True. Yeah. And, you know, uh, this episode, wow, I was going to do the segue, but it doesn't apply. This episode has been brought to you by our gorgeous, beautimous, amazing patrons. They support us each and every month and they make these extra episodes possible for you to enjoy so if you would like to see what all the hubbub is about you can go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics that's one one o'clock no apostrophe comics and we'll be there waiting for you we'll be there it's true it is mm. And we have a little, uh, since this is the book of the month, which is a patron thing, we need to um, speak on a couple things. First of all, um, this is I'm speaking for Vince and I right now, not for Dat. Um, it's January 31st as we record this, and uh, I say we're, we're not speaking for Dat because Dap actually did try and tell us this, but we weren't trying to hear it. Um, <laughs> we owe you all. A fifth episode and a video chat. And since we're recording at uh, <laughs> 11 o'clock on the 31st, um, we missed it and we owe it. So apologies because nothing is more frustrating to me than not delivering on a deliverable. So we were going to, we will rectify this with the quickness and we will make sure that we get you an episode too sweet and and so for February, you'll have six episodes, even though we're not at the six-episode tier, um, because we owe it to you. But we'll, we'll get you that one real quick. Sorry about that. It just, uh, this week got past us. I, I don't know. We, uh, it's a super Dap, bad. Dap was aware of it, but Vince, I just didn't really put two and two together until tonight. Well, it was, it was a busy month. I mean, aside from our awesome interview last week with Jeff, before that we had the eleven o'clockers, so it was it wasn't yeah. a tr- it wasn't our usual kind of you know mm-hmm. it wasn't a March or, or or a June type episode where there isn't much going on. There was no convention keeping us away from anything, but there were still things happening that uh, it I, for me it's understandable that maybe some eyes were were off the ball. Yeah, it happens unfortunately, but we will rectify. Too sweet, and you'll get six. We will. Six um, next month. Well, tomorrow. This, well, tomorrow. Yeah, when you yeah. listen to this, probably this month. But and also, we um, we've been teasing it, but uh, within the next few days, you will see uh, an updated Patreon series of tiers and goals. Um, yes. And again, to be clear, uh, you'll see the details when you see them. But we are not taking anything away. It's all additive. So at a minimum, you will get whatever you have now. But there's a chance you may get more for your money so look at that stay tuned yep it's gonna be great 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 fun speaking of great fun Mm -hmm. book of the month yes astro city my goodness written by the great kurt Busick, illustrated by the awesome sauce himself brent anderson Letters by Richard Starkings. I'm sure you've heard of him. And I think Elephant Men, speaking of Richard Starkings, ended today. 
Oh, was today the last ep- uh, this was the last issue? Yeah, issue 80. Okay. I believe is the end. I, I mean, long running, obviously long running series. It's it's more than 80 issues. There were specials and mini series and the hip flask stuff, but mm-hmm. um great legacy. I'm sure he's going to do uh, go on to do other things. But um if you haven't read Elephant Men, I uh I implore you to do so. It, it's it's a great um series that's very very timely and topical these days. Um, before you go any further, okay. Since I mean we didn't we didn't necessarily do the the segue for a sponsor, um, but I would love to know what's going to be wetting your all's whistle while we're talking tonight. Oh snap! Yeah, I'm drinking the the last of the cupcake merlot. Oh oh yeah. Now you say last. Does that mean you have like a half a glass? No, I have like half a bottle. <clears throat> oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. That's you, boo. Well, much to your apparent <laughs> chagrin, because you're a snob. I am. Um, I'm drinking Las Cerveza Mas Fina, which, of course, for all of you non-snoots, is a Corona Extra. Yeah, and and the reason why um, it's going to be snobby and snooty is that. Uh, it's a book of the month. It's it's a pretty successful series that's that's pretty much loved by just about anybody who reads it. Um, I was thinking that it might just warrant something more than 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 beer. That's Snob. the only I mean, reason some why. Some would say they I like beer better than wine. I mean, <laughs> some would. I mean, I don't I don't really hang out with those wrong people too often. But wow, I uh, mean, here come the judge. I love beer. I mean, <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Oof. You, 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 by all means, you, you love beer because I don't have to. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I mean, I guess we're going to have a, I guess this, uh, this beer tier we were going to have in the Patreon relaunch is, uh, is going to have to go. Oh, no, no, that's, that, that's all you guys can go with the growlers and all that. That's, that's I'm, savage. Uh, I'm good without it. It's all right. Damn. I think I just saw Kazar swing by. Because <laughs> <laughs> we uh, in the savage land. I have to explain it. Zabu up in here. Ah, so uh, back to the book of the month. It is Astro City, the very first volume. This is the initial six-issue series. Uh, it later went on to a twenty-eight-issue series, and is now on its third incarnation. There's a bunch of miniseries in there: the Dark Age and Local Heroes, and um, there was a, a couple, uh, more than a couple one-shots. And now it's on its third incarnation, which is ending, oddly enough, with issue 52, currently solicited in this month's previews. But um, it will be returning, as Dap reminded us, in hopefully a series of graphic novels, which is awesome. Yeah. I prefer to read it in that manner. It makes sense in the context of the world we live in now, I think. Yeah. No, it does. But Astro City is an anomaly. It's When it was released in, what is it, 95, this came out? Mm-hmm. I believe that it's timeless because visually it doesn't have anything in the art. And there's no stylistic ticks or, 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 or traits like 
the uh, the Liefeld grit teeth or the big legs with little tiny feet. There's no mm-hmm. stylistic flourishes within the art to pin it to any one period. It doesn't. It's not blocky or clunky like Golden Age stuff. Um, you know, it doesn't have the noodling of of the. I go back to the image era. Um, there, there's nothing masturbatory about the art. It's just clean, very servile art that doesn't. It f- doesn't fit in any particular period, but it it fits in all of them. Is what I'm saying. So that, I guess that that is the definition of timeless, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I believe it was a breath of fresh air because if you look at the, the roll call, the stuff that was coming out in 95, I mean, image dominated in 95. It was, it was your, your, uh, you're right. Your, um, young bloods and your, uh, wildcats. Yeah. All that, all that's, well, Spawn. yeah. But it, the, the, the image style was the, um, de rigueur style of the time. Oh, right, right. And so this is anything but that. Mm-hmm. And it is unlike the image stuff in that the image, the, the, the illustrations do not carry the work alone. You could mm-hmm. say that about a lot of the image stuff. It was very, very visually driven. Whereas, Busick's writing a whole lot of copy for each issue. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dialogue. There's um, a lot of uh, narrative boxes. I lo- I particularly I love that. That to me is happy time. When when I get an issue, I could sit down and read it for thirty, forty minutes. Some of these issues took that long to read. Especially if you're re- reading the original issues and you kind of tiptoe into the letters pages and the, the, uh, well, I, I hesitate to call them letters pages because Busick also stuck some prose in there. Like mm-hmm. it, it is not uncommon for an Astro City letters page to go three, four pages. So you're getting a ton of content with each issue of Astro City, but that's not really why we're here. We're here to talk about the first volume. Which was called, um, what is it? Life in the big city. Life in the big city. Yep. Yes. And it, so it, let's um, let's do what we always do, and let's first talk about our first experience with this work. In its uh, your initial experience, did you uh, read it off the shelves? Did you read it in collection later? Uh, if you can recall, when was your we, uh, Vince? Let's start with you. When when did what was your first experience with this? Well, I bought them as they were coming out. Okay, you did. And um, my, and what was, do you remember the impetus for it? I mean, did you like did because it's not like Busick was pretty much a household name then. Like, was it just um... no? It was Busick. Um, because at the time I wasn't all that sweet on Alex Ross because mm-hmm. I may be one of the ten people in existence that do not like Marvels. Okay. And no, I I mean I was who wasn't familiar with Busick's work at the time. And I just, it, it, uh, the throwback nature of the, uh, the, the premise, the, 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 the old timey premise of the work appealed to me because that's mm-hmm. where I'm from. Right. And I thought it was pretty ballsy to attempt something like this in a time when the market trends were anything but right. this kind of stuff. 
And so, yeah, no, I, I bought the single issues, and um, that's what I'm, I have on my lap here. Okay. Dap? Uh, I remember seeing it advertised. Um, I did not buy the single issues, and it wasn't, um, it wasn't until well, after the first six issues were released that um, the original uh, first edition of um of the collection for this first six issues uh was available i saw it on the shelf and picked it up because i was familiar with busick it was something um it wasn't something that was tied to the big two but i am i am a big fan of of analogs i love looking it i mean it goes back to the the earth three days with the crime syndicate and 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 just or christ and infernus and and finding out you know who kind of matches up with who or the mirror universe or just anything mm-hmm. that gives me an idea that this person is actually supposed to be this other character like squadron supreme it's i i i yeah. get off on things like that so uh what caught my eye was the idea that you know this is just this is its own thing. It's not tied into Marvel or DC. I, I wanted to um, give a little bit of love to Lee Jim Lee's homage imprint. Um, so it was it was something where I said, you know what? I, I've I've seen talk of this. Let me uh, let me find out for myself what it's all about. I, I mean, Brent Anderson. God loves man kills. I, I I knew the creators, and and that was mm-hmm. and and the cover is striking. It's it's the original cover, so it's just Samaritan flying upward, um, with with the doves around them and 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 the building in the background. So it was just there's a very simple, striking Alex Ross cover. Uh, it it's I, I like a lot of Ross's Astro City covers, and um, I. I I like Marvels. I, I we're not going to get into the, you know which do you prefer Marvels or Kingdom Come, but it it's it's I I do like Ross's work um, to a I like his older work. I'll say that. Uh, so this pretty much had it had it all, and and it was it, it, it it's a nice sized book, and like Vince says, with you know as 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 wordy as it is, you're you're getting your bang for your buck. The 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 team really attracted me. So no, I, I had no knowledge as far as the single issues went. I, I saw the collected edition and I figured I'm, I'm going in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys know that for me, it's much different. I was aware of the book from jump, but I didn't read it and uh, I didn't read any Astro city until we started doing the show. So, uh, a much different experience. And I think that, you know, for me, rereading this for this uh, for this episode, I was reminded that so much of our um, experience or interpretation of a work is tied into the when of when we read it, or or watch it, or listen to it. Um, because I think that if like there's obviously lots of our listeners are are um, our EOC familia are playing along at home and. Uh, if they weren't into comics back when this was coming out or this was their first experience reading it, 
I wonder if their um, enjoyment of it is, is, is going to be different because I think that uh, part of the power of this work is that it was unique for its time. I mean, it's not to say it's not unique now, but what I mean is that I feel like there's been plenty of other, um, to use David's view, like like analogs. Like there's been plenty of other stories that have played with this idea of superheroes as humans, you know, or, or the the human side of them, the personal side of them. Um, we talked about it last week. One of them. Yeah, exactly. And 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 there's been tons. I mean, there's, and we've talked about a ton over the years. And so, um, I, I I think it's important for context to let. Um, you know, people that really perhaps are first experiencing it now to understand that one of the things that makes this special is that this was not a commonplace way of telling superhero stories then. Um, I can't say it was the first. I mean, one might argue things like Watchmen and stuff are precursors in the same kind of mode, but 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 this definitely was at its time a unique humanistic personal look at the capes and, and cowls mythos uh, at a time, to your point, Vince, that really we were maybe like max style over substance as a genre, right? Like like at that time, the stuff that was selling insane amounts was mainly artistic style without much substance, at least in the ag- in the aggregate, to use a word that you all like, you laugh when I say. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? But then like Love this it. was kind of tucked in the middle and this was more about the human the nuances, the interpersonal quieter moments of what it's like to be a person in these universes. And, um, and that definitely stood out at the time. I think it's less unique now, but I think part of the reason it's less unique is for, because of, of what Busick was doing with Astro city. Yeah. I think structurally the first six issues are perfect because the bookends are very fitting. Mm -hmm. The, the The first and the sixth issue are, it's it's actually a a call and response, mm-hmm. and he he pulls you along for for six issues through this strange new world that feels familiar yet it's different, and then he sets it up in the first issue, and then he knocks him down in the last issue and gives you something to 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 hope for, and I, I just think it, it, each issue is very complex, especially. Um, the third issue. You can read the third issue on the surface, and and it it plays like a, almost like the Telltale Heart, <laughs> where where the 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 main character is plagued by this paranoia because yeah, of something he did. But yeah. there's way more going on beneath the surface of the third issue. We'll get there, but um, that that's why this series always rewards me. Uh, with every reread because there's a there's a lot going on and I may not have caught I probably didn't um, the subtleties in the the personal relationships back in 95 um, and I, I've read it again since then but it's always good to as as the brain hopefully matures to revisit seminal works to pick up on the the, the slack that you you let fall the first couple times. And that's exactly what this was. So mm-hmm. we we have issue number one, which focuses on the Samaritan. 
he of the 35th century, which was sent back in time because um, life in the 35th century is not all that great. Humanity's mm-hmm. all but extinguished. And they come up with the bright idea to send an agent back through time to right the wrong that they feel has caused all of this future hardship and death. And um, the calamitous event, and I thought this was ballsy, uh, because, <laughs> yeah. it, because it was still, it, the wound was still fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not, you know, it, I'm, I'm sorry, it, it's not, it's not like um, making sure, it, it, it's not keeping Hitler alive, it's not making sure that, you know, Tesla gets his due, it's not something that's so uh, earth-shattering, where of all the events, of all the tragedies that we have, as, that we've maybe come across, something like that is, that, that isn't as... For me, it's it's a big deal, but it 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 wasn't such a a pivotal moment in in our history. I feel so. I, I love the idea of it. I love that of, of all the things that you know BC could run with, he goes with this. But I I think from a creative standpoint, you would expect someone to say, "We're going back in time to save JFK." You right. know, like uh, Camelot fell. That was a huge, or it didn't happen yet, but now it would be like to stop the, the, the planes from ramming into the trade centers. Um, but the Challenger disaster, that's, I mean, yes, it did shake up. It was a horrible, horrible event, but it's not so much the event. It's one of the people within the shuttle, probably, that later went on to, to do something. Or uh, so it. It is the event. The event was the, the, um, the disease. But the symptom is the thing that probably caused the future hardships. Mm-hmm. So he's sent back in time to hopefully avert the Challenger disaster. Like Dap says, very surprising. And he, with seconds to spare, does exactly that. And. He becomes, as he's passing through the time stream, so how does he save the the Challenger? Well, as he's passing through the time stream, he gets infused with Empyrean something. You don't really have to know the specifics of it, right? Mm -hmm. He he gets massive strength. He can fly. He's basically, I almost hesitate to say this, but on an even keel with Superman, yeah, there does there, does there doesn't seem to be analog, too much. Right? Yes and no. There doesn't seem to. He's not alien. There, there doesn't seem to be anything that he can't do. Um, and he does it very well. But the um, the thing that I like to focus on with this issue is time, and this is how it plays out. Time is a benefit to the Samaritan because he utilizes it to go back and fix things. If it wasn't for him piercing time, he would never be able to do what he did and save the future. But mm-hmm. so, so time is an asset to him. Time is also a detriment to him because as he becomes noteworthy for saving people and righting wrongs and stopping natural disasters and just 
being on the clock 24-7, time becomes his enemy. He doesn't have any time to himself. Yeah. He, he's, he's a selfless individual, and it, it all hinges on the fact that, well, okay, I went back to the future, and I guess what I did helped, because when, when I did go back, everything seemed fine. The, the the devastation was nowhere to be seen. Everything was green and lush and people were alive and it seemed to be okay. But I don't want to take that chance. So I want to keep helping people. I want to keep saving lives and stopping disasters and righting wrongs and justice. I, I need to keep doing this because maybe I'm meant to do something else. Mm-hmm. And it's a that's a neat angle. Don't you think? It- yeah, it is. I mean, I think that the uh, the thing for me that strikes me about this issue is just that, uh, you know, how much, you know, hard it is. Like, like, like I always make fun of Superman. Um, I know it's your y'all's boo, but because like, no, because I always think like it's. I, I don't know how to say this without going off in a direction that some of our audience isn't like. It, it's my frustration with with religion. Okay. Just follow me here for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take you on a little journey here. I'll, I promise I'll come back around. Uh, so the <laughs> Eagles win the Super Bowl. We all know that, right? My, just follow me. My mother-in-law, who I love to death, is extremely religious. Again, that's fine. That's she does. She, you know, she does her thing. I do my thing. She hits me up and says, uh, "The Eagles are going to the Super Bowl because God wants you to be happy." And I want to send you to the Super Bowl because I talked to Jack, who's her her you know her husband, who's passed away, and he and God want you to go. Now, it's very very nice. The underlying message is extremely nice that mm-hmm. my mother in law wants to send me to the Super Bowl and wants my team to win the Super Bowl. It's lovely, all right? It's a lovely sentiment. Needless to say, though, I can't separate the fact that she's sitting here thinking that God cares about who wins a goddamn game. So, of course, me being me, being a dick, rather than just saying, thank you, it's very nice, I had to respond back and say, I, like, I appreciate the sentiment, but <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Like, why on earth would God care? Why would he want me to be happy from the outcome of a football? I'm like, are there no are there no Christian fans of the Vikings? Are there no f- Patriots fans that are Christian? You know, that whole thing. Um, point being is, like, you know, everyone has, like, their own way to interpret things. And that, like... Her view is like that God is responsible for all, right? And that's my always been my issue with Superman is that, like, if you really play out the string, like, the logic falls apart, which is to say that if Superman can pretty much go anywhere in the world within a second to save things, and he's saving cats from trees, and he's saving, you know, he's doing everything from saving the world from, from, from destruction and, you know, getting people from burning buildings, like, how would he, how would he ever sit still? Because he, he would just feel this burden to, to every time he did sit still a hundred people are probably dying that he could have saved. And how would that, how would he ever get past that? And this captures that, you know, that that's a music captures this burden that someone that has the powers of a Superman, in this case, the Samaritan would feel where like he can't ever rest. No, because every minute, every second he takes for himself is possibly thousands, tens of thousands and millions of people that he could have saved. Yep. And so what does he have? Is all, so all he can do is just become effectively the world's biggest workaholic. Yep. And uh, that's, that's, 
noble and and you know you'd like to think you probably would be in the same role that he's put himself in because you would have that same moral obligation but it would be goddamn exhausting yep yep you know and um the story is framed with a sequence where the uh, samaritan is he's nude and he's just flying not to get from point a to point b not to to save a ship that's in trouble or to stop a volcano from exploding he's just flying he's basically wasting time yeah he's flying and, and that's of it. yeah and that's the thing he dreams about is to just have the luxury of a few moments to himself to just fly to just feel the wind in his hair and the against his uh, yeah and his snake <laughs> when I was stop it um Dude, it's and, true. but that's He's naked he wants to feel the wind on his balls yeah and that's that's so sad because the only place he gets that is in his dreams yeah and he doesn't get to dream for very long but when he does shut down uh as we see towards the end here um it's almost immediate he hits the pillow and bada boom, he's out just enjoying himself flying, but it's not real. And uh, so you may ask, not having read this, how does the Samaritan do everything? Well, he does have a civilian identity. His name is uh, Asa Martin, and he's a fact checker for a uh, Astro City publication. Um he employs a biocomputer, the Zixometer, that um, just basically does the mundane fact-checking and text-based work that he gets paid for. And, and he sets it up in his office, and he just goes out and does his little superheroics. And then at the end of the day, he comes back and turns the machine off, and all his work's done. And now he can go out and save more lives and right more wrongs. Um, but like Jason said, it's got to be a grind, but he keeps doing it. Vince mentioned Ace's job and, and how you know, he, he's a fact checker for a publication, not a, a journalist or a reporter that, um, say Clark Kent would be, uh, I thought that, um, I was just double checking the sixth issue again to see, I, I thought maybe his date mentioned something about uh, why not why not become a reporter or something that would um why not have a job that would actually let you make a difference in in that uh in that identity so i was i was looking for that a little behind the scenes mm-hmm. chat for our listeners but uh the um the first issue i thought was it's 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 not my favorite out of the six in this collection mm-hmm. but it is a fantastic fantastic setup for Astro City I felt because you know why not make these the main character the focus the first superhero um, that we've had in comics but you you get a sense of because of his because of the way Samaritan is discussing his day and what he did, you get a, it's a great way to set up the world we've been invited into. How, the other, the other heroes, the other, the other members, the other citizens in this world, in this city, um, 
entities of other things. Is I mean, he just because this is the umpteenth time he's fought this particular villain. So for him, he doesn't. Yeah. We don't need the whole dialogue of you know where this character came from and and how many times they've. It, it, this isn't Claremont writing it where you know he's not the best. <laughs> he is what he did. So it's it's a great way of just saying you know. I fought this dude before. I'm sure I'll fight him again. And, you know, we'll know more when we need to know more. Busick is not is not beating us over the head. Kurt's not saying, listen, here's everything you need to know about everything mm-hmm. I just told you about in this book. You'll you'll learn it as the time comes. And I think just getting those not not getting the Ohatmu version of Astro City, so we're as if we've been living here our whole lives. Uh and it even I mean it's kind of hammered home at the end of each issue because each issue closes out with thanks for visiting Astro city. Please drive carefully or you're now leaving Astro city. And it's like, it's like, we're just, we're, we're here to stop by to see what's going on today. And, and I think, um, you know, yes, there have been stories where like, like the one with the, the recent one with G dog where, you know, that was a two parter, but for the most part, these, these six issues are all done in ones, but you know, we don't, we don't need to know everything about every character. So the first issue I thought was just a home run as far as this is, this is what you can expect from this. Um, I I, I slipped up in the beginning and I did not mention that the color work is done by uh, Steve Bucciolato. Sorry. Yes. I I forgot. Um, Actually the, the collected edition says, um, I guess he pitches in. Um, oh well, it's it's yes, it's it's Bucciolato and Electric Crayon. Um, your your letters, of course, uh, Richard Starkins and Comic Crafts, John Guachel. Um And I will say though, I do. It's it's as as much as I I think Anderson did a phenomenal job bringing Kurt's story stories is to to life. Um, in some places, I I feel that um, that Brent was um, Brent could have used the assist of an embellisher here or there, um, maybe Willie Weiberg. There are just certain certain um, certain parts in in almost each issue where, um, and maybe it's. Maybe it's the coloring to some degree, but there 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 are some panels that are absolutely flawless, especially you know with the with, with Cracker Jack or even with Jack in the Box. And why are there so many Jacks? Because we don't get him too much in this book, but we we will come across Steel Jack later on. But there are um, there are some pages that are flawless and beautiful, and 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 I could stare at them for days. And then there are a couple panels where it's like I that that's. That's not the Brent Anderson I'm, I'm used to seeing. Um, but I think that, as far as I'm concerned, is really the only negative I could say about the book. Everything else uh, is is pretty much a home run from from the first issue to, to the sixth, as far as this collection goes. Um, but the first issue, like I said, I think it's 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 a fantastic setup. Uh, I don't I don't think it's safe to say if you read the first issue and you didn't like it that that is indicative of the entire series i i Mm -hmm. I think if you if you read the second issue the second issue is pretty cool too it's kind of in that same vein the third is great i like the fourth um actually i like them all and and the fifth is great i i really think this is you should read this collection because 
depending on how far you get into Astro City, there there's probably a an aspect or, or point of view from each of these issues where um, you'll find something that will click. So if you read the first issue and you're like, yeah, I'm not I'm not feeling this, don't don't judge the entire series by that first issue focusing on the Samaritan. You you, you should read another few just because because it's not it, I don't want to say it's not formulaic because there are there are a lot of stories where they're being narrated by the person you're being introduced to but um because of the variety of characters in Astro City and the different types of of characters and heroes and villains that Busey gets to pick from from the many many decades of comic books uh you will definitely find a story, an Astro City story that 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 will that will speak to you. I mm. guarantee it. Yeah, I think the first issue works in tandem with the sixth issue, which is why oh, he, he did that. Um, yeah. but I mean, you have to go on the journey, right? So it's more like part one of a two-part extended tale that you don't get until after you've read three things or four things in between them. But yeah, I agree with you on Anderson. I like his work, but Astro City, to me, really gelled when Bleiberg came on. Nice. And do you know when that was, Vince? Volume two, number one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is all right. Or no, I think he's in the one half issue. I, yeah, he is. On, I, I just do want to say. I mean, I do think that, um, and I hear what Depp is saying uh, as we go through the other issues. There, there were a few probably. If I had to rank them, I hadn't really thought of it that way until now. But, but um, you know, maybe this wouldn't be my top of the six. But, but there are just so many things in in the Samaritans' mono, like inner monologue, though that I think were so well done, and it speaks to Busick just having such comfort with the the tropes of of the superhero mythos and playing with them. Where, like, you know, there's the page where he's doing this thing, and then he goes to that. Uh, the firefighter dinner. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, and he's like, Oh, you know, he does his thing. He's like, Oh, and I just get there in time to get ready for dinner tonight. The firefighters association. And then he says, I tried once to simply ignore these events, but it offended people as if I was saying I was too good for them. So I smile and eat the chicken and excuse myself twice during dinner to deal with crises. And it's like, that's it's just, I'm reading that. And I'm like, just nodding my head. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like if that's what, that's what like Superman would actually have to, that would be the life he'd have to deal with. Yes. You know, tr- like all the little moments that people expect him to do because that's what normal humans would do. They, no one has the concept to think that that is just a colossal waste of time for him. But he has to do it because if he doesn't, they're going to think ill of him and not trust him and love him. And so it's almost like part ego, part trying to fit in and not be an alien. Um, I just I just love that whole concept and and um, and again maybe maybe people hearing this and, and having just read this it, it, it doesn't seem like the first time you, it, this, it seems like a trope that you're familiar with but 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 let us remind you that 22 years ago this kind of thing wasn't being done in comics with 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 as much frequency uh, I'm not going to go so far as to say he was the first to do it but but he certainly was probably the first to perfect it. Uh, and many else have followed suit. So, yep. All right, issue two. Issue two, and it's a big turn because in issue one we get a look at um, 
a unique perspective on Astro City's most powerful person. And then with issue two, we get a look at, at a decidedly normal person in, in the form of one of Astro City's um, journalists. Maybe one of his maybe one of the most powerful civilians, depending on how people true, react true. to uh, the newspaper mm-hmm. and an appearance by Ed Asner. The, um, mm-hmm. the, the second issue was, was almost a, a one eighty compared to the first. Um, right. Like you said, with, with, with the introduction of, of a, of just a normal person. Um, it was, it kind of slowed things down a bit for me. Yeah. Because then it, I mean, after this, which we'll get into, then, then I think the series kind of picked up some steam. Because, you know, I I realize the title of the book is Astro City. We're not just talking about the heroes and the powered people in this city. Um, there are normal, everyday men and women walking the streets. So mm-hmm. uh, to, to get a, a, a glimpse of... Of uh, of what they go through, and and um, I just and and again, I thought it was it was it was a great way to give us the perspective from from someone else who wouldn't be flying high and looking down on everybody. But here's a dude who's just you know, I have a job to do, and I you know, I'm in awe of these people, and 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 I have. It's not, I have stories to tell. I have I have facts to put out there. Um, but yeah, no, I th- I thought this was this was a really solid issue. You, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say you get a better glimpse of the Astro City proper. And for those who don't know, um, Astro City is a love letter to the medium of comics and the people who made them. So it's not uncommon to see a city street with <laughs> with a um a bill a a a storefront or a truck or a sign advertising something that has the name of one of the oh, uh, comics yeah comics luminaries um there's you, Dick Briefers mentioned Iger, Feldstein, Johnny Craig, David, Alan, uh, not Alan Davis, um, Jack Davis, uh, Jack Kamen, Bill Elder. Like, there's a ton of businesses and um, entities. Did you see um, when when Elliot Mills is um, is is talking to um, to his new reporter? There's a coffee cup on his desk. It says "world's finest granddad." Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, Elliot's a a bit of a dick. Just a, just a little mm-hmm. bit because the one thing I um I noticed when he's like, um, "Hey, you want to go to the 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 press club? Uh, you know, we got time. I'm going to tell you a story. Would you like to hear it now?" And Elliot says, "Of course, sure." Or the, the the recruit says, of course, sure. And Elliot says, one or the other, son, of course or sure. Both is redundant. And then <laughs> later on in the thing, no, I, I mean, if you're okay. if you're going to point this kid out as being redundant, right. you right. got you can't be redundant yourself. 
right. any anywhere in the narrative. So when the old soldier pops up, but all of a sudden he was there, moving past me, striding towards the battle calmly, unhurriedly. Same thing, dude. And then he says, but look at that lined, weathered face. Same thing, buddy. You know, you're, you're doing just what this kid did. Uh, I pick up on stuff like that. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, no, if he's going to point it I, out, you better not do it yourself. You're, you're speaking my language. And, and I, mm-hmm. when, I, when I see things like that, I was trying to think if, if, he's, if he's treating the recruit that way, it's because someone corrected him. But if he's telling this story, then it's not like he, this isn't the story he told somebody else in the past that he was then corrected on he's he's telling this story yes but um you're absolutely right Vince. if if, if don't none of this you know do as i say not as i do bullshit right it's i could it was those are like very few it's when i caught it the first time it's like listen you're going to write for a newspaper you have to be concise and 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 we don't need we don't need both phrases obviously but like you just pointed out he's going to tell a story tell a story he's going to do it as well so yeah no you're right it is a good story though i mean he music does have a a real knack for believable natural sounding dialogue and i you you do really feel like this is a a a a seasoned reporter slash editor passing on what he knows to this kid in the form of a story he's telling he's telling a great story and and it's it's all a lesson in uh journalistic ethics because he witnesses this crucial event um he's 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 watching as the uh silver agent um is trying to stymie the efforts of these cultists they're they're in the subway and they have a shark and and the, the dude it's the best like the, the shark thing is the best because it seems so strange. You're like, wait a minute, dude's in the subway and he's got a shark that he's cutting open and doing magic to, and it seems so foreign. Yeah. But that's what I love because again, Busick's like make he's finding a way to do something that we're as, as comic readers thinking that's weird, but yet is it really weird in the world of comics? Like, it makes sense. We and not we just, don't think I, any like none of this. It would be, but for some reason he finds just the right little thing to do that feels weird to us, even though we're kind of aware aware enough to think like, oh, but it really shouldn't feel weird. Like that's just comics. It, it's yeah. also, you know, the, the, the fifties or the sixties when, when the story is taking place. So it's, it, it's for me, it's a callback to when, you know, when Superman would push the moon back into place. It's like, dude, wouldn't you just go through the planet then? I, it, so, so we don't, we didn't care about this. We comic fans didn't care about the science. Right. Or whether or not it was realistic in the 40s and the 50s mm-hmm. and into the 60s so so yes i mean something like that if, if that was an x-men story today we'd be like we, we might be a little side-eyed but the fact that it's taking place this long ago and yeah and it and it is crazy and and Astros, and and because it's only the second issue and we're not we're we're still learning the physics of of this place it absolutely makes sense right and the whole point of them taking a a shark into the the subway is to um they they do a ritual to this otherworldly entity called Shirak the Devourer. Yes. And he does resemble he's very shark like. He looks uh-huh. and he and he makes shark minions 
anthropomorphic. I love the design by Anderson, though. I love the the face in the in the sky. I love it. Yeah, yes. it's like oh, street sharks, great. Yep. But um, so so in 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 doing this ritual, Silver Agent and Elliot Mills are transported somewhere else, and it just so happens that Silver Agent is not alone. All of the Honor Guard are there, and the Honor Guard are the newly formed Astro City equivalent of the Justice League. Um, or in this case, maybe the Doom Patrol, because they're kind of weird. But mm-hmm. but it, it's it's the Justice League. And um, he, he sees this battle, and he witnesses it all, and he's like, oh, my God, you won't believe it. The old soldier showed up, and, and the old soldier is the equivalent of Captain America. Mm-hmm. And and this guy has weapons from every era. He he's eternal. So uh, as far as anybody knows, and um, the the kids just like what? And and the uh, the editors like yeah. And it happened like this, and it was so amazing. And I went to write it, and my editor shot me down. And and he and he said rewrite it. Only include the facts that you could verify. Yes. And he rewrote it again, and the editor shot it down. And he rewrote it again, and the editor shot it down. And in the end, this crucial battle between the Honor Guard and this otherworldly foe boiled down to trolley delayed by Shark. Yep. That's that's just great. That He said, you know what? I was a little... I had my panties in a bunch back then. I didn't know why he was doing this, but now I know. Because this paper, this this Astro City rocket stands for journalistic integrity. We do not print anything mm-hmm. that we cannot verify. And some other people may be quick to the draw and, and be all sensationalistic, and that's not us. We'll, and how we'll hang back and wait. timely is this, is this book rereading it 22 years later? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were just in my office today. We were having a hour long conversation about the way that um, you know the media has changed, and that uh, opinion is such a opinion is interlaced within almost all of quote unquote journalism now, um, as though it's just part of the narrative, and that uh, it wasn't long ago and for a long time that that opinion was opinion. You had op eds, and they were opinion pieces. But a journalist's job was to report the facts. And the facts were supposed to stand on their own, and the audience was supposed to take those facts and react to them. And we don't live in that world anymore. I mean, no. if, if we ever did, I mean, some would say maybe we never did, but we, we certainly don't now. And I just, re, I, I, this, this issue, rereading this this past week or two, uh, just hit me like a ton of bricks. Yep. And in addition to a good lesson uh, within the pages, the honor guard are awesome. The, mm-hmm. the the members of the honor guard are amazing. You get Maximilians, Cleopatra, Leopard Man, and Kit Kat, Star Woman, the Enforcer, and the Bouncing mm-hmm. Beatnik. He's my favorite. <laughs> of course he is. I love the Beatnik. He's like crazy, Daddy. Oh, crazy. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, and um, Leopard Man's not having any of it. Mm-hmm. He's like, cut your shit, quit it. We're we're in trouble here, but I think Kit Kat is more than um, Leopard Man's sidekick. Just yeah, by, just by the way they yeah. But a lot of the stuff in this six issues comes back within 
the the various volumes. Like just recently, um, there was a character that we meet in issue four that just came back within mm-hmm. the pages of uh, the current Astro City. So Busick's, I mean, these characters are are going along for the ride. He's he's developing them. It's it's. Uh, I think that's um, that's part of for me that that's part of the book's charm because it's it's not just you know you read a Captain America or Batman book you're you're expecting Captain America or Batman every month every issue, um, whereas with Astro City it's like okay you know we're focusing on this character this month. It might be a while before you see them again. And and it's it's like when events will love this, it's like when someone comes back to WWD after coming away for a while. It's like oh, oh everybody loves him. It's like they you know they they're happy to see him again. And they go along for the ride and then someone else comes back. And and I think that uh, the fact that you're not getting uh, the same character spotlight every month is, is definitely a um, works in its favor as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, because it focuses on the entity that is the Astro City. Right. It, the book is not called mm-hmm. Honor Guard or Samaritan. Right. You know, it's just, it's called Astro City. Um, and Mr. Uh, Elliot Mills would probably scold me for saying, citing the obvious, that the book is called Astro City. <laughs> Um, I think I did that earlier. So yeah. So issue three is by far my favorite out of the six. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, it focuses on a ne'er do well named Andrew Eisenstein, who prides himself on being the guy with the biggest ears in Astro City. He uh, believes that you know if you keep your ears open and your eyes peeled, you know, uh, a guy can go far in the city with just a little mm-hmm. bit of uh, information. You know, I, I, I'm i I'm always on the lookout and I'm going to take it and I'm going to make myself a, a self-made man and it's going to be amazing and uh, I'm just going to be the big shot. And he oversees the secret identity of Jack in the Box. Uh, Jack in the Box is Zachary Johnson. He is um, an African-American and the owner of ZJ Toys. And uh, on a rooftop one night, um, Andrew's not doing anything. Um, what's the word? Uh, he's, he's moments away from doing something that wasn't exactly legal, probably. And mm-hmm. um, Jack is, is uh, on the rooftop. And he's doing the old Peter Parker thing, although Jack leaves a suitcase, doesn't leave his, his clothes all webbed up, and he, he's changing, and he peels off the mask, and Andrew sees him. And uh, Zachary is canny. He's looking around. He feels that there's eyes on him. You know, when across the room you can feel somebody's eyes on you? Um, he turns, and he doesn't see anything except maybe a little a little hand. And... and uh, Andrew's cowering. He's like, oh, no, I just saw him. And he does his research. He gets hot on the trail of this man who he knows only by his facial features. And this ne'er-do-well, who's always looking to make a quick buck, 
look, looking for the, like Ralph Cramden, for the get-rich-quick scheme, does his homework, goes to the public library, hits the pavement, and eventually learns that Jack in the Box is Zachary Johnson. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 we can assume that not even Jack in the Box's villains know his alter right, ego. Right, it's like he discovered the alter ego, yeah. Yeah, yet this guy who is basically a criminal he he does he takes work that's not legal for pay you know he he loads contraband onto ships for for uh, a quick buck um mm-hmm. and he's he's he wants to sell this information to a crime boss called the deacon and the deacon just turns my stomach because he he is uh, on the outside he's a man of the cloth but he's a ruthless bastard and uh, he wants to, uh, Andrew wants to sell him the information because if you know this hero's alter ego, you, you, you have power over him, right? So um, then he works it out in his head. He's like, I don't know. Um, if I try and do this, the deacon may just revert to form and have me killed. So I can't really do anything there. And he, he's, he works out every angle. And in the end of the story, he just leaves. He leaves Astro City. He he doesn't have any recourse because he feels like if he stays in the city, eventually Jack in the Box is going to find him. Because it's like, like I said, it's like the Telltale Heart. He's extremely paranoid that um, he's being watched or that that uh, Zachary knows that he knows, and so uh, he he has no other recourse but to leave the city. But the thing about this issue that gets me is you have this guy that's not very wealthy. He's not employed. He he does unlawful things to get his money. And yet he sells himself short. He he was resourceful enough to uncover the secret identity of a superhero. Mm-hmm. If he only channeled that power to good, he could be maybe on the level of Jack in the Box. Or he right. at least at least he could be gainfully employed. But He's he's a schlub. Mm-hmm. He's he's the equivalent of like a streeper. He's just looking for a quick buck. But he has all of the tools he needs, and he doesn't even see it. I love this issue. That's there's there's like layers upon layers in this thing. There is. I I, I guess for me, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I should preface by saying I enjoyed every issue, so uh, it is a relative thing. But I I found him to be frustratingly annoying this guy like he's the kind of person i would actively root against in life <laughs> well so, I, th- I think he roots against himself that's yeah, the thing yeah you're right you're yeah. right um i have to say for me where is this, the 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 second issue i wait towards Busick in terms of what makes it special i get to give anderson the props on this one uh, I think the character designs are fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, including the you know. I mean, he he draws him. He he looks and feels like a schlub. You know, I mean, he draws he him does. with the with the the just the, the the receding hairline and sort of the the, the disheveled look and the, the 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 facial expressions and the the the, the stress wrinkles in his in his forehead. I mean, the whole thing is just really well designed characters. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, the interesting thing here is now we're three issues in and we've gotten a look at the, the 
the Astro City's biggest hero, um, you know, a, a preeminent member of the third estate, and now a glance into the more street level, both in terms of a a ne'er do well and 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 another hero in that, you know, that's 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 more at that level. Um, and I guess he's like a cross between Daredevil and Creeper, I guess. Like in terms of the yeah, analogs, that's, that's pretty fair, yeah. right? But, uh, yeah, man, so... Uh, I love Jack in the Box. That's a great costume. It is a great costume. Um, and according to the back matter, Jack in the Box didn't quite gel visually until Alex and I, being hurt, were sitting in a little Italian restaurant in New York after convention, sketching on napkins and arguing to the amusement of Ray Lago, Jordan Raskin, and the other diners. The concept clicked when we hit on the stylized clown eyes and giving him, in quotes, bozo hair as a collar that would frame his head without touching it. From there, Alex went to town on the guy, producing one of the most striking designs of the whole series. Damn straight. Uh, the, uh, I, I enjoyed this issue, and I, as I wish I got to see more Jack in the Box, I love the double-page spread. I love the... Um, I I really do like the look of the character. Um it it almost and the cover of the third issue gives it almost like he's an anti-hero vibe. It, it's not uh right. It's not like he's just a straight up uh good guy in the same vein that the uh, Samaritan is, but mm-hmm. as far as um as the uh storyteller in this particular issue, this felt he, he was a um and it's weird because of the way the the fifth issue kicks off, but he felt like a character straight out of an Eisner book. It it, it felt like a a character that would it it was very much like this would be a dude who stumbled upon the spirit secret identity, who knew that he was a cult and and was trying to just stay one step ahead of him. So he, he's afraid that you know he's just going to meet his demise. And um, he looks like a character Eisner would draw. Uh, he acts very much like the way a um, a character from the spirit for me would act. You know, it's funny um, you say that. This this story reminds me of the the spirit story. Remember when the uh, quote body of the spirit falls out of the the window and it yep. go it goes down and through splat, the awnings yep. and stuff, and the guy sees it and he's like, "Oh, I just saw the spirit murdered." And and it's it's the same type of paranoia. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is very Eisnerish. Um, and it, it wasn't a, you know, so far, um, and we, we were three issues into the series and, you know, the first issue you read it and it ends where, you know, you kind of, you kind of feel sorry for Samaritan because mm-hmm. of, of how he wants to be and be treated and, and treat others. Um, the second issue is, is, you know, it's just this guy who had a story and, and it was true. Um, but couldn't tell it the way he wanted to tell it. Uh, and this right. one is like, you know, the guy is just, he, he, he's like, you know, I'll, I'll be able to, by the time the end of the story happens, it's all right. I'll, I'll just, I, I, I keep my eyes and ears out and, and I'll, I'll be all right. And, and, and but even here, it's like, you know, it's, it, it, it was very almost, uh, uh, oh Henry Eskett, it's um, it's it's weird. It's, as as great as as the series 
is um, as many smiles as I as I have when I read it and and visually it's great. Um, you get to the end of some of these issues and and you just you're not it, it's not so happy go lucky. It, it, it's mm-hmm. it, it's so it's it's weird though because you 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 do for me anyway. You have fun reading it. it it's a very entertaining series. Uh, it's just not always going to end on a happy note. That's true. Yep. Or I'm it, I like it, the it, uh, it doesn't always end as you may have expected right. it Ex- to end. Yes, exactly. That's fair. Yeah, that's exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because with issue four, we are introduced to one Marta Dobrescu, a and woman. I, before you go further, um, when I was uh, skimming some of the solicits ahead for, for um, even as far as maybe a year or so ago, mm-hmm. she actually returns. We get another issue That's where what she I was talking is. About. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's all right. She lives in where? Shadow Hill. Shadow Hill. And Shadow yes. Hill is at the base of Mount Kirby. <laughs> it's so fitting that Jack could have a whole mountain to himself. Um, Shadow Hill's a, a, a weird place because um, it seems to be teeming with otherworldly entities and werewolves and vampires and all things that kind of go bump and thump and ick mm-hmm. in the night and it's well known it's 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 yeah. not it's not a secret that this place is plagued with with supernatural creatures and um because when she goes to work she works at a law firm within Astro City uh, even the bus driver that picks her up in the morning hates to go there because he's afraid of the place yeah. she she walks out of her out of her um, home that she shares with her parents and the hanged man who I love so much, the, Mm -hmm. the, uh, the voiceless hanged man um, won't even look in her direction. I mean, he just floats, you know? So, so she goes to work and people there ask her like, why, why do you live there? It's so, it's so hard. It's, 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 dangerous there's things living there that i would never even want to run into in my my worst nightmare and she's like ah it's not so bad because marta from a young age was was taught the old ways how to ward off these these entities garlic and and the good old crucifix and wolfsbane and and she knows she knows herbs and and plants and she knows what to use them for and what they're you know they're good for 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 curing this or keeping this away like the 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 old the older generations have passed their knowledge down to her uh and she, Marta's not a very flashy woman she she's very no. very basic in her style of dress and her um her her uh just the way she keeps her hair and and not not much makeup. I mean, she's not a she's not a, a head turner. She's a. I believe they'd call her a basic bitch these days. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm but, just making fun. You know, that's like their new thing. Never mind. Never mind. So that's what that means. But um, Marta works with Darcy Conroy. Um, Darcy's a big hot shot. Uh, legal eagle and she is the girlfriend 
of the first family's Nick First. Mar uh, Darcy has a, a communicator pin that she has on her on her lapel, and whenever she's in trouble, she could just hit that sucker, and and the first family will, will come running. Um, the first family is Astro City's equivalent of the Fantastic Four. Yes. Um, the building at which Marta works is attacked by Demolitia and the Unholy Alliance. And um, the first family eventually come and, and, and wrap things up, but not before Marta is um, taken by, what's the, the, the villain's name? Meat Man or... No... He looks like a big chunk of hamburger. Yeah, Slamburger. Slamburger. There you go. I should have remembered that. Um, But um, Nick, Darcy's squeeze, saves her. And um, she's she's spirited away, and she's got contusions, and and her arm is in a sling, and and um, she's she's pondering, she's she's deliberating over the fact that. Maybe I should move down out of the out of Shadow Hill. It's it's maybe I've outgrown the place, or maybe I should come to to Astro City. But she finds out that Astro City is no different than where she lives. It's dangerous in Astro City as well, and and everything she was fretting, um, the dangers and the you know the the things that can change your life that happens down in. Astro City too. It happens everywhere, so it doesn't matter where she lives. And then there's a, a little little twist at the end of it that I'm not going to say. You should read it yourself. But um, it's it's a neat issue. We're well, not going to spoil. I mean, we pretty much spoil, are we spoiling the whole series? Yeah, considering I mean, you spoiled the sixth issue already with the uh, the reason why he came back to. Well, if they want to learn that, that's on the damn wiki page. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, uh, yeah, no. But, I mean, I didn't know that was. We were gonna, you know, throw a wiki on in, in response to some things. We could. I mean, we wouldn't really need need to show in that regard. But the um, this was the issue where I think, you know, throughout most of it, Anderson kind of um, he he takes a little bit from Gene Colan. Uh, there's um, there's there's maybe some there 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 are definitely styles that are reminiscent to me uh, of other artists and and in this issue especially with the first family uh, there's there's a bit of a uh, of a burn feel um, especially on uh, the um, Darcy's bow. Um, and that was that's probably another reason why I think if somebody was there early to uh, to tighten things up or um, mm-hmm. or give give Brent the assist, um, things might have flowed a little better. But I I, I definitely see, and, and mostly because everybody, you know, he doesn't have it. It's it's not the 
the Mary Jane Gwen Stacy approach where they're only different because they have different colored hair. It's not the same face for every, every man, woman or child. And, and yes, Marta looks great. She looks European and, and you know, everybody, everybody has a unique feature and, and, you know, kudos to Brent Anderson for, for pulling that off uh, with every issue. Yeah, it's not easy. No. And it's it goes beyond that. I think it's it's not just um that the characters are distinctive, but I would say that the the way each issue looks is different. You know, I mean, like look at the way he handles the page layouts at certain times in this yeah. issue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the the wavy, organic, almost veiny blue page or uh, you know, uh, borders between panels. Um you know, uh, so yeah, I think I, I think he does. I think Brett Anderson is very experimental in these six issues. We see him try a lot of different things, and I think you're right, David. I think objectively, I don't know that every one is a home run per se, but it is in a lot of ways a precursor to what we'll see in the ongoing years that he does Astro City when you know he becomes. You know, arguably one of the spent most of his career doesn't get the recognition that his talents probably warrant. He broke up a little there. Oh, I did. Yeah. Oof. Um. I, okay. I was just saying that I think to to uh, the point that that basically. Um, David's right in that not everything that we see in these six issues visually is a home run, but I appreciate that Anderson is taking a lot of chances, kind of feeling out the universe, trying different things, and that ultimately this all serves as the groundwork for, you know, over the years what will become, you know, I think he becomes one of the industry's best comic book artists, and yet because he spent so much of his career on Astro City, I think probably he's not as widely renowned as he should be because he didn't do a bunch of different books that different people might have been exposed to. Right, right. Looking back... You know, he's at... like, uh, just before, he, he reminds me, he's like the... he He's like Sean Phillips to me in the sense that Sean Phillips is, is, current, is, is one of the best comic book artists working today. But I think that that is an opinion that's only held by uh, an unfortunate sub small subset of the comic readership, because if you don't read his books, uh, you know, with Brubaker, which are a very specific genre and, and and probably only appeal to a certain group of people, you really have no perspective on Sean Phillips. Right. Everybody and else would be wrong. Right. right. No, no. It's not that they don't dislike him. It's just they don't even really know. They don't think of Sean Phillips. I think it's that way with Brett Anderson. I, I think if you don't, if, if Astro City wasn't one of your things, this is just a guy you might know the name, but right. you don't, you don't know, you don't know about the talent. Yep, you don't, you don't know. know, you don't you know. Don't know. Uh, you better act somebody. Looking back on this, mm-hmm. the the weakest link in in the six issues is Richard Starkings. Wow, I I do not feel. Wow! And and it's and it's not so much the 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 dialogue text 
or the the caption text, it's the sound effects. When mm-hmm. he uses when he uses clobbering time, it does not right. it does not fit with the rest of the book. It sticks mm-hmm. out like a sore thumb and like zoinks. Like th- these are comic craft fonts that right. that he uses. They they just they're too they're too much of a certain period in design time where they clash with the timelessness of everything else. I, I don't think his sound effects do the book any favors. But, like I said, the, the, the dialogue, the, the regular copy text is fine. It looks, it looks, it's clean, it's readable, it's, it's great. The bold is nice. I, I like it a lot. But the, um, the, the sound effects and the, when, when a character is screaming and he uses, mm-hmm. like, Zoinks is just, I hate that font. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I would much rather, the someone do it by hand you know it just there's a sameness to it that just mm-hmm. that just irks me but right. i mean the guy made his living on on canned fonts i'm not gonna i'm not gonna slight him but yeah he eats he eats off those fonts maybe because that i mean we've seen those fonts in stuff like gen 13 mm-hmm. and you know to death in the the uh the x-men stuff from this period. I mean, they were everywhere. And I don't equate... Those fonts should not have been used in this book. I, I feel mm-hmm. like if if he he got the pitch from Busick and he's like, okay, we're going to try and do this self-contained, timeless universe where it's not old, it's not new, it's something very, very unique, I think Starking should have came up with a whole new set. Of, of fonts specifically for Astro City. Mm. I don't want to see anything that's been in countless other books right. with with all different with varying styles and subject matters, and it should have been unique to Astro City. Mm. But that's just me. No, I hear you. All right, no, issue I, I issue five. Issue five, take it. Uh, this was my least favorite out of all of them. Was it really? Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. Huh. Man, I, this this issue can't be in my bottom simply because I get on a hot mood type of page. You do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, tell, shit. tell them what it's about. It's fucking about, it's about a, it's it's a two-page spread with the fucking heroes. In the- <laughs> no, not the. <laughs> the entire issue. Tell them what the uh, issue's about. Uh, all right, hold up, hold up. I got to pull it open here so I don't I don't miss misspeak. Um, so uh, issue's called reconnaissance, and we get a very um. Speaking of fonts, it's funny that we just just shat on the fonts because uh, <laughs> the uh the opening page is a uh almost like a written on like parchment, almost like a fables type of. It actually it's- looks like straight from fables. It, or I well I for me it's 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 straight out of the spirit. Oh, see, I don't have any context with that. That's true. Dap's right. Okay. And it says, <laughs> well, I'm not I'm it. Maybe, maybe one of you should narrate the book because I don't I don't know I don't know the spirit. I don't. It doesn't mean. I mean, I don't, I'm not familiar with it. I don't. I don't read. I'm, I'm trying to avoid that uh, creators who are outright racist. But oh my. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I know y'all. I know y'all love the racist books. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, it says once upon a time there was an old man who lived 
in an undistinguished rooming house on the north side of Astro City. If you asked him, the little old man would say that he worked 45 years as a draftsman in a basement room without windows, and he intended to spend his retirement out of doors as much as possible, breathing the air, looking at the sun and sky, until he finally managed to flush the fluorescent light from his system. But the little old man was a liar. There was no basement room, there was no fluorescent light, and he did not walk outside to look at the sun. That's a great, uh, great opening. It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. And and then we and then bam, we flip and we have this double page splash, uh double page spread rather, of uh, of a team uh in the midst of a giant battle. Um and an X team, which is why I I I wanted you to do this because that that looks like Astro City's you know, new mutants to like me. They're exports with yeah. with cable. Yeah, you've got like your your cannonball. Colossus. You've got your Colossus. You've got your Jubilee. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Your Jubes. Um, Wolf Spain. Yeah, yeah, a little something, something. It's true. Um, there's a freaking hero named the Roach. <laughs> hey, his <laughs> name's Palmetto. Come on. No, I know it's true. She's like, you and me, Roach. And then he's like, for the last time, my name's Paul Meadow, <laughs> which is hysterical. I wonder how many people didn't get that. Like, I, like, does everybody know what a Paul Meadow bug is? Like, is that a, is it a universal thing? It should I don't be. think it's universal. It might be coastal. Yeah, because if you're, like, down in Florida and you see a big-ass roach, to convince themselves <laughs> their house isn't roach infested, they say, oh, they're just Paul Meadow bugs. I'm like, nah, dog, you got giant-ass roaches in your house. Clean your goddamn trash can, you know what I'm saying? Shit. It's like, dude, a giant roach is way more disgusting just because you don't call a roach. It's still freaky. I don't, I don't want to be part of it. Am I right? You're so right. Uh, oh, and then we get Cracker Jack, who's like, I don't know, he's kind of like Baytrock meets <laughs> meets U.S. Asian. I don't know. I don't know. He's like, they always like Zoro, right? He's like a. He's a boaster. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like he's got yeah. a little. He's got a little Spider Man in him too. Yes, a little something. I, something. I like Cracker Jack. Of course you do. He's yep. cool. Yeah, he's fun. Dan Slosh to write him these days. Um, <laughs> and uh, wow, <laughs> oh, tip your shit. waitress. Uh, so you got this aforementioned old man, uh, kind of narrating the scene, and he's reading a paper and he's doing his do. He's sitting on a park bench as old busted up dudes might do, but then he reaches into his little homeless hobo shopping bag and does he pull out a sandwich? Nope. <laughs> does he pull out a newspaper? Nope. He pulls out a freaking like insanely high tech computer and he powers it up and what does he have but the at the Ohatmu stuff which is he's got this visual database directory of, of superheroes uh, or super powered individuals and we learn that some of the characters that we saw in the beginning of this issue, as well as in prior prior issues of the series, we've got El Robo, Manuel de la Cruz, who's uh, like a cyborgish type of uh, character with uh, all kinds of weaponry. We've got Star Woman, who is from another planet. She's from Kintar. Uh, he's got a file on the Samaritan, although he doesn't know much about the Samaritan. Its, it's status is active, but he doesn't know Samaritan's name. Um, then we've got Namacron. Who is uh, kind of a cyborg? Almost looks, yeah, it's like a robot. He looks kind of like um, the Destroyer from Thor a little bit, with a little bit more of a industrial 
kind of feel with the with the lava or the smoke, or whatever coming out. Then we've got Quarrel, the second. She's straight up Ravager. Yep, yep. Uh, and then we've got the Confessor, whose status is active, name unknown, with no known photographs. Oh, Confessor's cool. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, he's working on this. We don't know why or what for. And, uh, you know, Kid rolls up and he's like, what's up, my dude? And the old man's like, yo, let the fuck out of here, man. Get the fuck out of here. This is great. And uh, so he has to bounce because the kid's like messing his groove or whatever. So he, he rolls it out. And then um, he he comes to his home and there's like a dude that's like a Rick Jones type of character. And, uh, and you know, lets him in his house. And then, you know, dude unfurls and, uh, you know, clearly there's more to him. Like the opening says, I mean, he's he's actually fairly nicely dressed, a little oddly dressed. He's got like a red shirt with suspenders and a yellow bow tie but he's he's well put together um and he goes up to his room and walks into the door and as he's walking into the door what happens he transforms into what is his true form which is essentially an alien a giant alien praying mantis yep and it is a great character design i think and what we find out is that essentially this dude is is a uh, a reconnaissance agent for an alien species put on the earth to decide if earth is an appropriate place for them to invade and take over. Yep. And, um, the story goes from there, uh, where essentially, you know, he is torn between doing his duty and the life he's built for himself. And, uh, it, uh, this may have been my favorite issue. Wow. Yeah, I, that's why I was surprised to say it was your least favorite. Because well, I, I, I don't it, know, I really thought it was cool. I, I thought the whole thing was cool, and I, I love that he, at the end, he's just petulant. That's the thing. That, that but bug, that's cool. But, but he, he sends us, Zorak sends a, a signal to destroy, to, to bring in the, the fleet yep. based yep. on a bunch of old ladies. Yeah. Like, Yes, I know that that's the 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 twist or the 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 unforeseen you know angle, but it's just it, I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't. I'm not going to say I dislike the issue, but he spends most of the issue focusing on Eugene, who mm-hmm. we we come to to learn is Cracker Jack. Eugene is the 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 man in the in the boarding house, and and he he. Tried and failed to get a Broadway role. Who the old washwomen thought was maybe a little bit on the fairy side. Yeah, yeah. And um, so he watches Eugene. He's like, if this guy's boastful and he's he he's not all that. Credit for shit he didn't do. Yeah, yeah. He's not all that competent. And and why shouldn't I destroy this race? And and it's the old ladies, the Golden Girls, that that push him over the edge because they go from not even you know, really paying attention all that much to Eugene other than to, to talk behind his back when asked by the reporters after this, this event takes place, they're like, Oh yeah, we knew all, uh, mm-hmm. we knew all along. We, we, th- there was something more to that young man. And that's when, um, the alien, I call him Zora because he does look like broads because dude is not young. No, they're, they're old, older, you know, and, uh, wait, wait, wait. Say it again? Now, what did Jason say? 
I said, meanwhile, how old? I said they call him a young man. I mean, how old are these broads? Because oh, they freaking, old. Uh, yeah, because dude is not dude is not exactly uh You mean oh, he's definitely in his late twenties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's a fun issue. I just if I if, I mean, I, if we had to rank them, it would be my least favorite out of, out of the six. Hmm. Couple of haters. I do like the the character design though. Cracker Jack is great. Coral's awesome. Um, Zorak is is amazing. That page, that page right there, when he's when he turns from human to to bug, that's yeah. probably my favorite page in all the six issues. Mm-hmm. The um, I, I when the, when this particular issue ends, he he sends the transmission, sends the signal, and. Everybody watches him do this, and there's the blinding blue flash, and then the signal is go, transmission complete, you're now leaving Astro City. Please drive carefully. So I I read this, and I enjoyed the idea that depending on how long it takes to get that signal to his home planet, it might be a while before anything comes of this, but what about everybody who saw him do this? Um, there's no... It, and even the issue before it, you you don't... We're, we're not concerned about... There's no damage control. There, there's no... Mm-hmm. We're not concerned about the fallout. We're not concerned about you know how things get tidied up for the next issue. It's like, right. this is the moment in time we're dealing with. Yeah, it'll get tended to if you need to know about it, we'll let you know about it. Otherwise, this was... You, don't get cut off. Don't worry about things we didn't show you. Just pay attention to the things that are on the page. And I think that's fantastic. And as far as Cracker Jack, I, I enjoyed seeing him again in the sixth issue. Uh, not to jump ahead, but just because when Samaritan is on his date... Um, we keep cutting back to uh, what the rest of the honor guard is up to, and there is um, there's one scene with Samaritan where um, he he mentions that they're they're taking care of. I'll I'll find it because it's 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 it was definitely in in line with um with how he behaved in uh oh, okay my idea of a swell evening I I'll, I'll tell you freezing my buns off so some other guy so some other guy can get some and that's just it it just there was no this was exactly the same dude that I read in the previous issue and and mm-hmm. there's just there's no there's I, it's it's weird. I mean, Cracker Jack is kind of based on the characters we've seen, the other heroes we've been introduced to in these six issues. Uh, he really is the only one who behaves this way. Who who basically? It's not that there's no filter. It's just like you know whatever just comes out. He's just going to say what's on his mind. And um, but it's from he's not he's not mean. Or, or or malicious. It's it's he's still he's still trying to do good, and I'm pretty sure even him 
taking credit for the work of others and for, you know, mocking the police for, for needing, you know, let them do their jobs and find the clues that would put incarcerate the, these these burglars. Um, I'm, I'm convinced just on these few pages that that it that's part of the act that that whoever Eugene Mills really is, uh, that's part of the Cracker Jack persona. That's not the actual person. But I guess as I continue to read Astro City, I'll find out if we learn more about him. But um, I thought Flynn. Was, I'm sorry. He's got a lot of Errol Flynn. He absolutely does. Absolutely, right down to the uh, to the porno stash. But the mm-hmm. uh, it, the fifth issue, I I enjoyed a lot because yes, because of of Cracker Jack. But you, it was it was definitely a story where you know our fate is on the shoulders of this somewhat egomaniac because the old man is is Ardex going to follow Cracker Jack to see you know is there anything redeeming is, mm-hmm. is, is are there any redeeming qualities in these humans is there anything that uh, that can can save them and even though he's watching Cracker Jack and every time you know Cracker Jack saves the day or 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 pitches in you think okay that's as far as it goes, but they don't take credit for it. Or it's, and the old man is, is, is paying attention to all of this. And it's like, you know, he, he lucks into the outcome. He, he had nothing to do with that. It's like, it's like the ricochet knocked his enemy out. He had nothing to do with it. It's just, one yeah. of those things. But, you know, so it's, he's like, you know, he, he's, he's taking credit for things. He has no business taking credit for. Jeez, but, that never happens. No, no. Uh, but he he's still he's still doing good and and he he saved the people in our building and he saved me and and you know it's okay so maybe they're not all bad but like Vince said it's it's the um it's it's the women who just make this guy say then that's that there really is not the the humans are the worst and in some cases yeah I guess we can be but uh this was I, I i enjoyed this issue i don't i yeah i don't i don't know if i don't think i ranked them but this is this issue issue five was was a highlight for me Mm-hmm. you know what's up boo that's right only time you're gonna hear that tonight too <laughs> okay and then uh issue six which is the culmination of the the uh the the straight man that um, led off the series with issue number one brings it all to a uh, semi punchline with six and Samaritan goes on a date with Winged Victory. Um, the uh, the buddies in the honor guard um, said, "Man, you're you're stressed out. You're working too much. You, you need a little. You need a little bit of. You get your load uh, off. You need a little That's bit right. of you time." So they, they cook up um, a meeting between Samaritan and Winged Victory. But when, when he goes to her home to, to pick her up in, in Samaritan guise, Winged Victory is in her civilian guise, which I thought was very appropriate considering Winged Victory carries a lot of baggage from something that happened to her in her civilian guise. 
she she basically hates men. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you you definitely get that impression if she didn't come out right and say it. Uh, you you um, there's really no way to misread that. She has foundations that benefit women. She has training and schooling and the the betterment of of women. And then Samaritan and and um, her get into a conversation. Well, okay, say if there's a man and a woman that needed to be saved simultaneously, what would you pick? And and Wing of Victory said, well, I'd pick the woman. No question. I'd pick the woman. And Samaritan's like, he doesn't know how to respond to it. Like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, because of of all the things that I've endured in my life and and um, I, I favor women. It's just the way I am. I, I mean, natural gut reaction is to save the woman, so that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. He doesn't know how to deal with that. He finds it very odd that she would rank uh, gender in in uh, in hopes of of saving them. He should save everyone, but she doesn't see it that way. And and we're really not told specifically. What happened to her? Are we? I don't recall. Um, like, no. Well, at least not not here. Um, well, yeah, in this issue specifically, I don't think so. But something very very bad happened to her, and it, probably uh, at the hands of a man. So now she's holding all men accountable. Yes, absolutely. For this one, as thing. you know, a sane woman should do. No, but it's cool that. She, it, it's it's almost refreshing that it's, she has this kind of power. So we're we're, we're talking Wonder Woman level power, right? Mm-hmm. And she's not she doesn't make bones about the fact that she chooses who she saves. Right? Yeah. I mean, we have a it's it's I, I guess a flawed hero. Definitely a flawed alter ego, but a flawed hero where it's it's you know you. You would want your hero or someone you look up to 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 um, to be, you know, to have redeeming qualities. But you know, this is she, she's actually going to say, you know, if 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 someone if there's a woman fifty miles away in danger and there's a guy two blocks away in danger, yes, I'm going to save the woman. And and um, you know, with 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 Samaritan. As was stated, you know, it there there is no it's it's not either or. If, if I'm going to save who I can save, and and uh, I'm not I'm not picking and choosing, and mm-hmm. that's and you know what else how you want your heroes to be. Yeah, yeah. But you know what else is is very telling when she's she's monitoring this this confrontation between Beauty, who's basically a life size yeah. Barbie doll, yeah, yeah, and a man. And beauty gets to jump on the man and punches him. She's like, "Yes!" Like she's very, very one-sided. Oh, absolutely. But it's nice. It's 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 a it's a refreshing change from. I'm going to save everybody, or I'm a hero, yeah. so I have to save everybody. Right? Yes, 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 yes. It's it's well, it's pretty mm-hmm. much the opposite of or or a um another side. It. it it's a 180 of Samaritan. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think it's cool because you get the them 
interacting as heroes, them interacting as their alter egos. And ultimately, this is really about, like the cliche would have been for them to just fall madly in love with each other, but this is about basically two people that go on a date and realize as they're getting to know each other, they have some pretty sizable differences in how they view the world. You know, they don't see the world the same way. Even though they're both heroes, and and they they both have that in common, they they don't look at the world in the same way. Right. Which which begs the question: Why is she on the date with him in the first place? I I, well, I think I, I think got the he's sense just that they, they they're getting to know each other, and now they're right. starting to realize. Like but, I right. But what I'm saying know, is, like, if she if she dislikes men so much. She's probably it, it was the honor guard was probably on her case. It, it's it's probably one of those because even even when they're when when RPM and and they're they're talking to him about it early on, they're like, yeah, you know, you guys really should, um, you know, well, the rest of us will keep the world safe for the night. Samaritan has the most worried look on his face that I have seen on on most <laughs> heroes. Um, so yeah, so I mean, and they're both they're both awkward at the beginning, and and it's not like they either of them know what to do. But for her, I think it was, it was in like Jason said, get to know him. But, um, you know, let's just I'm I'm going to at least try to let my hair down. They they, they the honor guard went out of their way to make this night possible for us. So I'm going to at least make the most of it, or at least try to. And um, yeah, it's it's not it. You're not wrong, Vince. It's like, you know, if you really, you know, why didn't they try to set her up with one of the other girls on the team? I don't, it, it, but it's just, it's, it was a, um, it's also a way for Busiek to let us know who these heroes really are when they're not being heroes. And, and, uh, I don't, don't make me worry why she went on a date when I got a really cool story out of it. Damn it. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I don't think she would have... It could be any man in Samaritan's place. Yes. She, mm-hmm. Right? Like, why... Like you said, why wouldn't they just fix her up with someone she's more comfortable with? Because right. I have a cool story and we wouldn't have learned about the Challenger. Right. Yeah, bro. It just seems like the the baggage is is the fact that he has testicles, not that he's Samaritan. Right. Oh yeah. No. 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 You're not wrong. Yeah. It's it wouldn't have mattered what guy she was on a date with. She would have chewed. She would have chewed the head. Although they might not have, they might not have ended up at a fast food joint because every other place in town would have been like, who? Did, why do I have these heroes in our restaurant? Uh, so the guys. And she doesn't like to be touched. Because when the when the guy bumps oh, into her, keeps, oh, but I mean, but the guy's constantly. First of all, why won't you move your seat? Why why is the place so tight? But it, after the third time, once you maybe kind of like scoot in a little bit, as so you mm-hmm. would keep getting elbowed and kneed by people walking by. Maybe she's looking for an excuse. That could be it. We yeah. know people like that. I, I absolutely could believe that. Yeah. Yeah, she's got issues. <sighs> got a whole subscription um now as far as since we're all going about this from from different ways and and vince has the um single issues the back matter in my collection 
contains sketches from Brent Anderson and Alex Ross, which, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's trying to, um, it took me a while to realize that, you know, the covers always said, you know, Busick, Anderson, Ross. And I'm like, why is, why is the dude who's only painting the cover getting cover credit as well? And, and it's, it is because Alex Ross designed, um, most, if not the majority or all of the characters in the series. Um, so he's as much as a co-creator as Kurt and Brent are, Mm -hmm. Uh, but the, um, there are the back matter contains sketches of of the city of maps of the skyline. You have um, initial concept sketches for uh, Samaritan and a whole bunch of headshots. So this way there would be consistency when uh, Brent drew the character. You have um, pages of the honor guard and how um, the silver agent. Um, came to look like the silver agent we know as opposed to the guardian as he used to look like uh in the initial sketches um there was a really cool sketch by kurt busiek of star woman who looks an awful lot like and if if the word balloon didn't give it away looks an awful lot like some like the word balloon attached to Star Woman says, I came from Planet Claire because she looks just like Kate from the B-52s. Uh, the Jack in the Box sketch, the first family. There's a whole page boo on shark men. Uh, and then there's a page on ordinary people and, and, and the cover gallery. This was a, um, yeah, no, this, this is, you know, I have a bookshelf behind me. I have a few books and a book on top of the bookcase uh, next to um, next to my PS3, and that's where my Bloom Counties and my Sithras and my uh, Russian Olive to Red King resides, and my Starblaze Mage hardcovers. And then above me, where we record, I have a bunch of collections, including the Bendis Daredevil and Runaways and. Um, Sword of the Atom, Deadly Class, and that's where Astro City was up until a few weeks ago, and it's where we'll go back tonight when we're done with this. Uh, but this is definitely a a book that um, a collection that you know. Yes, we've been doing the show for almost ten years now. It's not like Astro City gets mentioned a lot, but it is a book. It's a series I think that does deserve to be discussed that to be brought up a lot um Mm -hmm. and i think based on what you get out of the six issues we just discussed um i can't wait i I want to know whether it's on on the patron for for this episode or the facebook group for this episode uh or you hit us up on twitter um if whether you've been reading astro city from the beginning or you just jumped in because it won the book of the month Mm-hmm. I would love to know what everybody, how everybody feels about this book. Agreed. Yep. Dap, in the uh, letters page, in issue six, uh-huh. there's a drawing of Winged Victory that looks like it's a John Romita. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that's, that's not reprinted in the, in the trade. The letters pages are not in the trade. Oh. Uh, 
Yeah. But uh, I, I bet my life that it's a Romita. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, when it comes to the book of the month, I know we've had some, some super great winners like planetary. Uh, and yes, I, I will continue to read planet, reread planetary because it, it's something I want to do. Um, and I will, and 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 I think I'll join Jason with with the uh, with the Astro City read, but the nice. um, but this was uh, yeah. There's there's just it's weird. It, it because it, it I mean, well, it, if you didn't pick up on it from the past two hours, there's there's definitely. Um, there's something unique about this, and 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 kudos to everybody involved in in making this what it is, and and uh, yeah, no, I just think it is absolutely something that um, I, I uh, part of me is bummed that it that it didn't win sooner, but still, it's one of those things where you know it it still deserved the time we 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 gave it in in the spotlight. It, it's it's fantastic stuff, and I if somebody didn't dig it based on these six issues that's something else that i i would and i'm not trying to change anybody's minds i'm just trying to see where where the disconnect might have been if i mm-hmm. want to say that but you yeah, know i think it's it's definitely something i this it's a series i think that there's something for everyone so i definitely definitely would recommend astro city and i it's weird because i don't know if you could just Give somebody an issue of Astro. This is what makes comics great. And just throw an issue of Astro City at them, and 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 they run with it. But um, it 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 couldn't hurt, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's 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 strange because in in it stems from comics of a simpler time, right? But the stories are anything but simple. They're fairly complex. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a a big old slap on the back to Kurt Busiek, who starts off simple, but weaves a fairly complex yeah. um, narrative around this this very simple flame framework, where mm-hmm. you know Astro City is it's it's um, Manhattan, say nineteen seventy. 75 around there i I mean there's a there's a a bronze age feel to the book but not not entirely right maybe an exposition in the fact that there's a lot to read um and the the stories are not drawn out at all so you don't have the modern day decompression that you know people don't do or don't like you know it's 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 classic storytelling very rapid paced lots of dialogue lots of different interactions and scene changes but it it stems from an older time mm-hmm. and at least in these six issues there's no um it's it's not a hectic mess where you know when we when we meet the the x-force team it's not like they were hanging out with the honor guard that were fighting the shark men or the first family. So everything, every, every maybe time sensitive or, or, or specific era of comic them or, or, or your, your heroes 
um, fits for that story that they're telling. Yes, it was a Cracker Jack-centric story, but at least the the mutants at the beginning of that issue didn't feel out of place because, you know, three issues earlier, you're reading about the Honor Guard. And um, I think the way Busick kind of tells the story or who he decides to what who he decides to focus on uh, definitely makes it less muddled. Um, and when he's feeling better and, and, and he feels like coming on later in the year, I would like to know if he, uh, and you know, there's something we touched on with Jeff last week. Was there, when you started the series, did you have, you know, did you know it was going to go for so long? Or were you just, were you constantly coming up with stories based on other comic book work? Or, mm-hmm. or, or were the, you know, did you have, did you have certain beats mapped out and, and you knew you were going to end up somewhere? It didn't matter how many issues it took, but you and, and Brent were definitely telling this particular story. About, I mean, it, this isn't. Because it isn't so straightforward. This isn't Black Hammer. This isn't Sweet Tooth. This isn't something where you can just kind of go, okay, you know, I have. It's not scalped where it's sixty issues and I'm out. Right. It's 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 pretty organic because again, it's it's not focusing on one character, one set of characters, and and I there's there's some freedom with that, just some leeway because you know if you have a few extra stories to tell about Cracker Jack or Jack in the Box, then I'm going to go in that direction and and i'm not you know i'm I'm, I'm not beholden to some arbitrary number because that's how many stories i want to tell about this it's not a character i'm telling a story about so it's i there's there's a lot to um there's a lot of meat here is is what i'm saying there's a number of multi-issue stories about uh jack in the box nice yeah yeah. I, I would almost bet that he would say after a while the characters started writing the stories. Oh, I'm sure. Cuz that's what it I, feels like to me. If it just right. like you said it's organic. It just it seems like yeah, all right. I made this dude out of clay. I fashioned him into this semblance of a of a superhero. After a while it becomes real and it just starts going in its own direction. That's that's probably what happened. But we'll ask him. It would be nice. It would be nice to talk to him. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Book of the Month, Astro City, Volume 1, Life in the Big City. Kurt Busick, writer. Yes. Brent Anderson, illustrator. Richard Starkings on uh, Letters and Such. And uh, what's his name? Buccellato. And Electric yes. Crayon. On uh, color work, uh, Richard Starkings and Comic Crafts, John Guachel, lettering and design, and uh, Alex Ross did your covers. And Busiek, Anderson, and Ross are your architects and city planners. Nice. Right, you're now leaving Astro City. So we got something else. Oh, here we go, Vince. Chapter Divider figures by Kurt Swan and Murphy Anderson, George Tusca and Joe Sinnott, Jim Mooney, and John Romita Sr. Nice. Oh, so wait, so where's this John Romita Sr. one? Maybe that's the winged victory. Yep. Oh, I bet it is. 
She she's pointing forward. Got yeah. the sword in her right hand. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That that's General Meade Senior, Vince. So nice. Good job. All right. What else we got? I got a. Uh, well, let's. I mean, is it early? You tell me. No, we we got in in lieu of and in your travels, we can talk about this. Um. Are we going to try to get together tomorrow night? If you want to, then we shouldn't talk about this, because I, I got to, I got to, we'll save it, we'll save it. But, um, all right. Um, Thank you, Patreon dudes and dudettes, for well now. I'm sorry. Um, Okay. Read the Skype real quick. Read the Skype. Yeah, there's a Skype message. Hey, everybody. Behind the scenes. This isn't necessarily for everybody. That's why I skyped it. Oh, no, that's fine. Whatever. Whatever. I mean, yes, there's still the reason why we did this episode, but I'm just saying it, it's it's as far as what our obligations are. That That's all I'm saying. Well, if if we do the 6th, then we're gooch. But we didn't, because this that's is the okay. last day of January. That, that's okay. okay. All right. That's hey, okay. all right. All right. You, we're you. gooch. We're gooch. Okay. You do um, you, boo. Thank you uh, to the Patreon peoples for sponsoring this episode. Also, I'm betting that if you wanted to get uh, Astro City, that InStockTrades.com or DCBService.com have them. You know, you remember them? They sponsor our, our thing? I've heard of them. Yeah, so check them out. And um, in your travels, again, it's it's just me catching up. So you don't read anything into what I'm about to tell you. But for this episode, aside from Astro City, as the guys look on the, the Slack uh, reading list, I've read nothing. I've read nothing but Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, it's me right here. And no, Crazy. it's it, but just because I want to. Crazy. Uh, I, I need to have an informed opinion. And. When you bring Venom into the mix, right? I'm going to check it out. So what oh, I did right, was yeah. I, I got caught up on Amazing. I read 789 to 794. I read this Venom Incorporated Alpha Omega thing with um, two issues of Venom. I enjoyed the Amazing Spider-Man parts. Uh I, I, I still believe that Slot is past his prime and he's he's smart to, to pass it on. Right, because right, because right. I think the good ship slot is losing steam. Um I I blow your whole wallet tonight. No. Okay. But I, I, I didn't dislike it. Even the Venom Incorporated, which was goofy. Venom has always been goofy. Yeah. It, it, goofy's a component of Venom. So, um, love the Stegman art. Um, uh, Eminent is a absolute wizard on the oh, page. Yeah. No lie. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So, I mean, if you've been off Amazing Spider-Man, it's not a terrible time to, well, to would... try it because Parker Industries is no more. The thing right. that was keeping me away is gone. Right. Jeez, if only someone had told you that already. Right? No, you did. You did. Uh, I know, I'm only messing with you. But the, you're just confirming it. Yeah. Because there's a good 
70, 80 percent of the audience only listens to what you say. It's not true. It's not mm. at all. But mm. no, the, the, I, I believe that Peter should be down on his luck all the time. You should give him a little nugget now and then. Right. But he's he is in 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 Financially he, I agree, but I think he, he's at his best when he's getting that fine, fine trim. Well, yeah. Well you can read that and dude, renew so your vows then. Your version of fine trim is in No, re- I'll say I'll I'll dude, I'm all about that mockingbird life. It it works, doesn't it? Uh huh. I mean she's just a, a placeholder for black cat. But the uh, the if I would say if you've been hesitant, you don't want to mess with a crossover. Then seven ninety four is a great jumping on point. Yeah, right out. Yeah, slots. Swan song. Um, and there is something really silly coming up. I don't know if you don't read the solicits, but something's going to. They're doing a. A takeoff on an an old chestnut by changing the color. Right. You know that. You know about that? Well, there's there's I mean it was kind of given away on the last page of seven ninety four when oh, right. those two burglars um when those thieves showed up and handed off what they were paid to hand off. Yes. So But it's silly. But I hesitate. Spider Man has there's there's a, a very large component of amazing that has always been silly. Dude, he had six arms. I mean, yes, right. There are, it's, and the it's, grizzly yes, and the jackal and right. stilt yeah, man. It, 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 you know. It's all fine. And if 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 slot wants to uh, call back to those earlier silly errors, I you know we had we had the serious, we had Superior Spider Man. We had I mean that was that would have been. That would have been George Costanza leaving on a high note. That would have absolutely been one of those things where I wish Slot was still writing Spider-Man if he had left after Superior. Um, True. But he stuck around and he continued to write Spider-Man. And for the most part, or your mileage may vary, but there were some really cool stories. I dug Spider-Verse. I mean, some of that was some of that was real silly, especially you know when he deals with the um when the 60s cartoon Spider-Man shows up and uh, <laughs> that was uh, kind of cute. On and, it and, was kind of cute. Right, this was saying. So I mean there were there, there's there's definitely been some silly moments in Slot's run. It's 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 post-Secret Wars Spider-Man and Peter Parker. That's that's a little um that can be a little grating, and 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 again, and that's that's primarily, I think, Vince and I speaking. I know that a lot of people have dug it, and it's cool, and I'm glad you had a Spider-Man that you could enjoy. Um, One question: Yeah, who is this Mania character? This damn God, I don't know. I, I guess she's in. I guess she's been um, part of. Uh, Flash Thompson's life. I, I don't yeah, I, I don't like know. Like his protege. Show up. Yeah. I don't know. Because um, I know you had the Scarlet Spider series. I don't know. I don't know where she came from. I don't know when she first premiered. I do not. Um, but I don't get the, the fact. The last I remember about Eddie Brock as Venom was, you know, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's been yeah. a long time since. I'm sorry. Flash Thompson, not Eddie Brock. Um, 
Right. But I don't get the f- fact why she needs a symbiote when she seems to have powers. Fire and stuff, yeah. Well, she has her, yeah, she clearly has powers other than that. But. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and okay, we'll, we'll talk about it. Too. An Ohamu page would have probably helped out. Yes, yes, yeah. Good, good call, good call. But all in all, it wasn't an unenjoyable experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And I added amazing to my pull list. On <laughs> j- just because I want to see how slot goes out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to as well. So there you go. Check out Amazing. It's not, but it's it's fun. It's not. Uh, in your travel, something that came out today, actually, that I haven't read yet, but I am thrilled beyond words um, when it comes to the creative team. Um, Jason and I have talked about Deathstroke uh, today. The annual was released. That is still oh, yeah. written by Christopher Priest, but uh, it is um, it is wonderfully illustrated by um, Dennis Cowan and inked by Bill Sinkevich. And that is, that is a team I absolutely adore. They did a couple of issues earlier in the run. Um, it was great stuff. The Creeper was also in that story. Uh, but this is... Um, this also looks like uh, Power Girl shows up. But it's a... Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a uh, an annual that I am really looking forward to uh, to reading tonight. So there you go in your travels. Um, if you haven't been reading Deathstroke, then maybe you'll at least give this annual a chance, especially because it's got a fantastic art team on it. Nice. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. Apologies. Um, in your travels. Uh... A, a return of a book I never thought we'd see again, but I, for one, am thrilled that we are getting it back, and that is Strangers in Paradise by Mr. Terry Moore from Abstract Studios. Issue number one of Strangers in Paradise, 25, the Roman numerals XXV. Um, this, I didn't know what to expect because... Uh, SIP was a long-running creator-owned book that had a beginning, middle, and an end. And I wasn't sure that we could go home again. But I think also I, I should say that um, while I've enjoyed the stuff Terry's done since, uh, I don't think I've enjoyed any of it close to how much I enjoyed Strangers in Paradise. So... Uh, so with that as a backdrop, I mean, having this, having this first issue, it was as if we never skipped a beat. Um, it, I will say that I, I'd be curious if anyone picked this up because they had heard about strangers in paradise, but hadn't read the original series and what you thought, because I'm not sure this issue works all that well. If you don't have the background, um, 
of Kachu uh, in particular and her past because they use specific terms of art and reference certain characters that would mean nothing to you if you didn't read the original series. But if you are like many of us and you did read the original series, this is a fantastic epilogue that takes us in a new direction. And uh, it's one thing I think that's um, a misnomer for people that haven't read Strangers in Paradise is I think people assume it's a pure romance book. And while it certainly is a romance story um, in many ways uh, between various characters and, um, you know, obviously the, the, the protagonist being at the top of that list, but also people like, like uh, David and, and others, uh, not, not our David, not that, but David in the book. Um, it's, it's actually a, a book that's full of, of action and intrigue. In fact, um, Kachu is a, is a, a, a spy slash, assassin by, by training. She was uh, not dissimilar to Black Widow. She was like she was brought in as a young girl, sort of a, a wayward girl, and trained to be a high-end prostitute slash, you know, blackmailer, basically a, uh, like Fagin in Oliver Twist. As she, she was one of the, that kind of thing. Um, so we see that in full. I mean, this, this issue starts us off where we're, we're full-on in the spy game mode. Um, there's a guy walking in a mall and um, he's being trailed and turns out that essentially uh, a kid steals his phone, but throws the phone over as he's being chased and, and who picks up the phone, but uh, Kachu and she takes the SIM card out and throws the phone down and just stares at the dude and walks away. And we find out that's because she's going to uh, figure out where he lives because he is married to, um, a woman who is not who she seems. And when his wife gets wind of this, she goes from being a uh, yoga-wearing, athletic-clad housewife um, to all of a sudden kicks open the wall of her uh, house, and it's a safe wall, kind of like John Wick, if all of you remember from John Wick when he took the jackhammer to his cement floor. She kicks open the wall, and there's a bag in there, and she grabs the bag and bounces. Uh, and then that bag is, uh, you know, what you would need if you were a, a, a soldier of fortune on the go. Um, and another cool thing, this book ties in officially Terry's other worlds. So in particular, Echo. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it, oh, and, and um, at least in last month's previous, according to the cover, uh, Rachel Rising. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I mean, this was fantastic. I mean, I, like I said, this is, it's, it's big stakes. It's world, it's, it's sort of world stakes. Um, and I just, uh, I can't wait. I can't believe it's back. Um, like I said, I never thought we'd see the day. So I'm sure I'm not alone in being very happy that it's back. And, uh, Terry as a cartoonist is certainly not lost a, a step. Not that we should have expected him to, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I just, I love this first issue. Now, David, I mean, I know you've purposely not read the end of SIP. No, no, so. no. Renee hasn't. She oh, won't let me read Renee SIP. Renee hasn't. Oh, okay. She doesn't want it to end, so she hasn't finished the last trade. Okay. So, uh, so then what did you think of the issue? Because then if you're, if you read the whole thing, then. then I didn't read SIP. Not didn't? in its entirety. No. Dude. I know. Fuck. I know. I, I know. But I did know. you read this issue? Not yet. Oh, you were talking I about will. it like you did. 
Oh, no, okay. No, 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 no. In, in the last month's previews, I saw the cover. Ah, I got you. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Like I said, I mean, I I, I talked to a few other people that are hardcore SIP hounds, and they dug it a ton too. So, um, so yeah, definitely give this a try. Like I said, I mean, I can't. I, can't, I, I love this issue, and I want everyone to read it, but I can't tell you that you should read it if you didn't read SIP. Uh, that I'm not sure. So, if any of you listening did read this issue but did not read much or any of the original SIP, let me know what you thought because uh, it's difficult for me to figure out if, if it was accessible from that level. I know Vince can't wait to read this. Oh, man, I am, I'm stoked. Waiting for the trade, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us on our Book of the Month episode. We will be back to business as usual uh, t- uh, tomorrow where you're going to get two episodes this week because we love you so much. Come and, back. And tomorrow, you know what? I'll probably drink the same thing tomorrow night so everybody can find out what I drank tonight. Wow. I'm just saying. I didn't, I didn't get to say what I drank tonight. So there you go. If you want to find out what he was drinking tonight, come back tomorrow and he'll tell you. That's right. In the meantime, don't make him salty. Say good night. David. <laughs> good night. David. That was pretty good. I try. Flawless, actually. Mm, it's like a away. We'll be back. You be here. Mark my words. Come back. Bye. Bye.